Welcome to episode 17 of Miles and Pints, the travel and beer podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Brownson, and together we're going to drink our way through this world, one pint at a time. Whether you love to travel, you love a cold local beer, or you just can't get enough of either, you're listening to the right podcast. That's what we're here to talk about. Our guest today is Dan Minner, the head brewer at Ellicottville Brewing Company in Ellicottville, New York. This episode is actually the second half of the interview that Eric Coleman and I recorded with Dan. We got so caught up talking about beer and travel and all of the amazing things happening at Ellicottville Brewing Company that we ended up going a little bit over our time. Rather than have one super long episode, we decided to split it into two. Be sure to check out episode 16 if you haven't already listened to the first half of our conversation. Before we get to the conclusion of our interview, though, let's take a minute to thank our regular listeners. Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. If you haven't already, click that button to subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything we have coming down the line. And now, let's get to the good part. Sit back, relax, crack open your favorite brew, and enjoy the conclusion of our conversation with Dan Minner. Is there a beer that customers just go banana sandwich over that you're kind of like, I make it for you. <laughs> that's uh, not what I really drink when I'm chilling on the couch with the dogs at home. Well, I mean, if we can all have those somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, not to put you on the spot, but curious minds want to know. Honestly, I am not. I love pumpkin pie, okay? Don't get me wrong. Love pumpkin pie. My grandma's pumpkin pie. Barb, your pumpkin pie is amazing. Um I'm not a giant fan of pumpkin beers. I'm a fan of that project. I'm a fan of Pumpkinville. I'm a fan of Premier Gourmet, who we partner with on that. And I'm really looking forward to the Iron Smoke part of that next collaboration. I'm just not a giant fan of pumpkin beers. I think we do a really good job at ours, but it's not, it's not my bag, baby. That's funny because I was thinking about asking you that earlier because I realized that Eric and I kind of weighed in on our feeling on pumpkin beers, <laughs> and he said it was delicious. I, and, I was holding it back, and now I'm <laughs> drinking it. But we said there were those two classes of people, and I was going to ask, but it, ne- it never had the chance to throw it in there. So you're on the not not a pumpkin beer. I've I've fought tooth and nail for most of uh, my brewing career. Not to make a pumpkin beer. I remember that. That's when you first came out with it. My wife, Jody, who loves this, when you came out with she's like, I thought he was never going to do one. What is he doing? And I said, it's the masses, baby. It's the yeah. masses. Well, it, it is. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, hey, I have it, to say cheers. This is yeah. a delicious beer. Delicious. Thank, you. It is. Thank you. I'm enjoying it and, quite a bit. Like I said, I think we do a really great job with it. It's just not something that I, I tend to drink. You know, I have probably have like, you know, 10, 15, 100 of those a year instead of, you know, the 300 I have of every other beer. (laughs) (laughs) So you definitely, I mean, you have to sample because that's the only way you know the beers are coming out well, right? Absolutely. There's, There's a tasting process on just about every beer that comes out of the tank. You know, we're, we're doing daily checks on everything, checking the, the readings on gravity, pH, and then you know, obviously before it ends up in a can, everybody's got to kind of sign off on it. And do you have, uh, I mean, we're, we started out kind of joking out about the joking around about this, but I, a little more serious side of things. Do you taste throughout the process to make sure that it's on track for the beers that you have made before? 
or do you kind of wait until it's done and then see yeah, what it's like? kind of like a there's a benchmark curve of like how that all works you know like our yeast really likes to be done by probably day five at the most yeah it depends on each beer but there's definitely a, a norm for each beer that you can follow and and in a kind of taste pattern that goes along with that i guess yeah i guess that you know there's that that kind of exists excellent no and i and i guess uh it's funny because with the work that i do with a lot of the other brewing companies running the brewing school and i joke i go now that i went full in on the craft beer world over the last many years i go i have to actually pay attention to when i drink my beer for personal use because otherwise at five foot eight i'll become a blueberry something like out of willy wonka version because i'm like most people don't realize and they get they blow their mind and dan i'm curious i don't know when you guys do yours but like uh you know, at the ditch and some of the other places when i get called in it's like hey uh can you be down here at 6 30 we're doing uh shift changeover at six o'clock Doen's gonna be at uh 6 15 and then uh we're gonna do sensory eval right after that and t- you know we're gonna do this and the next thing you know you're sitting in an hour and a half meeting it's, it's actually very scientific you have your sheet there's a blind taste you're very scientific <laughs> yes quote unquote air quotes galore and then next thing you know you walk out and it's like and the thing is, too, it's like, okay, you can't eat breakfast, you can't have coffee, because when I tell people when I do my tasting, because of the sensory component of the school, it's like... Yeah, it'll wreck you, your palate, you right? know, It'll crush your palate. Like, literally, what you taste can be impacted by your sleep, by your, what you've eaten, your mood. People don't quite realize that. So when it comes to that, and then to your question, Jeff, is, yeah, it's uh, most people don't realize being a brewer is great. It's like, be a brewer, they said. It'll be fun. It'll be phenomenal. You're uh, you're a, uh, the thing I screen people at the brewing school the most is like, you're an underpaid janitor. <laughs> Get you, the squeegee is your best friend. You will sleep with tri-clamps in your pockets. And uh, you're going to be drinking beer for breakfast, not because you want to. So right. anyways, when do you, and I guess uh, real quick, side note, when do you guys do your, your sensory evals? If you're like, okay, we got to really just dial this one in. We got to check it. Like when, when, whoever's sitting in on that panel that morning, like, do you do it in the morning or? Yeah. So we're really fairly small. So I said earlier, we have 185 people, but, uh, in Which the, in it's the, still good size in the Western New York community. You're uh, it's the huge. biggest. Yeah, I can't believe when, when I started working here, there's maybe 15 people in the entire company. So now there's 15 people in the brewing side of that. And, you know, maybe maybe less than six or eight of us kind of do that, like, okay. uh, that, that normal uh, tasting thing. Emily and Steve are making pilots over in uh, Little Valley most of the time. I'd say that's when we do the most of our checking to see where things are going, you know, because we're, we're trying to create something. Like, basically, once... Once we get through those trial periods and maybe go to a ten barrel here, uh, on 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 the little brew house, you know that that's where we're really kind of dialing things in, and then hopefully with the repetition and um, knowledge base that we've kind of built up, we can take that and scale it up to a bigger bigger uh, recipe. So uh, I would say most of that probably happens, you know, when we're trying those small batches. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely go through. Uh, some force aging and and things like that on on uh, the the regular everyday products and we always keep a six month library of every beer so if we have a complaint we can go back to it and say hey uh, this beer somebody complained about why is that you know where they're uh, we're constantly doing like uh, sanitation tests and also 
uh, uh, our lab guy is always doing oxygen tests while the line's running. So we could kind of go back and say, okay, well, you know, maybe this, this is wrong because, you know, we, there's too much oxygen in this beer. Hopefully that's not happening on a regular basis. But we're, we're going back and looking at beers over time. Uh, we're looking at the pilots. And then we're doing regular tastings along the way. Some of that can be a little bit more difficult with, uh, you know, some of the flavored beers. You know, we got mole, we got uh, coffee, we got tangerine. So some of those off flavors, uh, hopefully they're not there at all. But um, it's harder to detect through, through coffee, through tangerine, through spices, whatever it may be. So you really have to dig in there and, and heat the beer up and force age it to find the flaws in it, you know? Yeah, adjuncts and extras can definitely, you can hide stuff, you know, in those. So. Awesome. I'm not Thank trying you. to do that. Uh, no, no, I'm saying just by the nature of the ingredients. It is, it is. Accidentally so, hide stuff. Right, yeah. So yeah. a lot of the things that we're, we're adding to, we're taking tests beforehand, especially diacetyl tests. Um, you know, that's kind of the, I think the biggest ruiner in beer is to have it taste like a big bag of butter pop- popcorn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't want the butter bomb. Right. So we have already identified that you're not a fan of the pumpkin beers, Ooh. but let's... You're not allowed to say that out loud. <laughs> you said oh, that. did I? You yeah. said that out loud. So, <laughs> so you're in, clearly in that camp. You make some delicious ones, and I'm super excited to try that, that barrel-aged one. But um, that's not what you're going to pick to drink. Uh, end of a day, if you're grabbing a beer, sitting down at the bar after a hard day in the brew house, a uh, hard day making decisions on what you're going to brew, whatever you're doing that day, what is it that you reach for? What is it that you're going to have in your glass? I mean, it depends on what's on tap. So we're constantly changing things around. It depends on the time of year. You know, I, I really love our blackjack oatmeal stout. Uh, it's not something that's available outside the pub at all. That is a, a, a beer that I love to drink. Probably our, our pale ale is up there. Um, and then anything that's on the 10-barrel the experimental side. Right now we have uh, Hen Coop Highway IPA, which is with an experimental hop, uh, 006277, you know, which all hops right now, if you look at any hop on any website, it's going to tell you it has pine, tropical, citrus notes, <laughs> uh, dark yep. berries, uh, whatever. Um, You've just described many, many IPA beers. <laughs> every IPA in the world. They, they, the, 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 the hop descriptions are always going to say those three things, four things maybe. So right now we have Hencoop Highway, which is a, a NEPA, which has that 06277 hop in it. Uh, we have uh, Kilts and Things, which is our... Our take on a scotch ale. We got a uh, a Bach coming up here, so you know I really like to to just keep things moving all the time. I don't like to get stuck on one beer. Um, I'll definitely say that you know during the summertime, uh, I I love light, crisp IPAs. I love the the Kolsch that we do, the Skinny Atlas Kolsch. But it, it's a constantly changing thing, you know. When you're when you're like that kid in the candy shop you can have anything in the candy shop you know it's it's nice to be able to switch it up all the time and i try not to get stuck in any one place and you want to try everything you you love beer in general and you guys are putting out so many different varieties and so many different 
uh, flavor profiles that yeah, I think I would be the same way. I would have a hard time not trying, especially the new stuff that's coming out. Like, ooh, it's new, it's shiny, it's I, I want to try that. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, um, and we touched on this before the recording that you're kind of stuck here a lot of time, especially in the past year. But I, w- I want to talk to you about a little bit of uh, travel for beer. And if you've done any of that, whether it be local in the U.S. or it be international, is there anywhere that you would recommend people go for beer? Everywhere. You should try beer from every place you possibly can because you know, beer is a pretty basic thing, really. You know, you've got four ingredients that we put into it, and everybody's got a different thought process and a different way to do it. So, you know, everywhere. But um, that may be the best answer I've ever heard to that question. <laughs> and know, I ask that every time I talk to a brewery. Um, it, it, it's true. I mean, everybody's got a different style going on. And sometimes you're going to find ones that you're going to find places that you don't like, you know, where it it's just going to happen. But uh, overall everybody in the beer industry has a passion for making what they're making right so there's there's a a a certain amount of of value to that that um you can't you you can't you can't put a value on it so you know there's there's going to be different ways of making a a pilsner well maybe not but uh, there's going to be different (laughs) ways of making a beer at, at every spot you go and, and that's going to be a brewer's interpretation of a classic style or a brewer's interpretation of the lollipop they had last week or whatever it is, you know. Um, so I, I really think that you should go everywhere you can and drink the beer that's there. Uh, drink local all the time, right? That being said, you know, I've, get, I've got the opportunity to travel a few places in my life and, uh, you know, California, like you said, they've got a coastline. They've got amazing breweries. You know, one of the best trips I ever took was with our buddy Dustin for his bachelor party. We went to, uh, flew out of San Francisco, went to. Uh, you guys were all over the place yeah. on that trip. I couldn't make we it, but to, I remember hearing to some Pliny. Uh, we epic went stories. To, uh, Firestone. We went to all kinds of places up and down the coast and had great beers and and were uh, entertained by fantastic folks in the brewing industry um you know they've got great beers i I get the chance to go out to to utah quite a bit uh epic brewing company out there red rock uh you know there's just great brewing colorado and and mexico you know I've, I've, i've got the opportunity to go down there and try a lot of great beers and and cerveza mexico was definitely an eye opener for me because i think folks in the states go to Mexico. You, you were just in Mexico. Yeah, I it, it was something that I, I've talked a, li- a little bit about and I put a bunch on social media, but I had no idea the craft beer scene was so strong in Mexico. Yeah, everybody thinks like I, you're going to go down there have Tecate and, and Corona and there is all these amazing Cypress and Piano and and Fortuna and, and just up and down both coasts. Uh, you know, there's a great brewing scene going on down there. And uh, I think uh, people really focus on that Tijuana scene right now, like that close to San Diego scene, because there's so much cross-border collaboration going on there. I was super fortunate to be able to go down to Mexico City and, and you know, somebody from uh, New York going down to Mexico to do a collaboration. I think that was super cool. Um, 
and these are some great beers that you guys have, have yeah, made out of that. Yeah, and I've, I've had a lot of fun with that. So that that was something, you know, I, that was very eye-opening, and, and uh, there was just amazing beers down there. And like I said, I got to go to Cerveza Mexico, which is the Great American Beer Fest of Mexican beers. is their 10th year, and just got to try amazing beers from from all over the country, you know. And they're making some really good beers down there. I was the so next door to where I stayed in Playa del Carmen. We talked about this a little bit, but there was a place called Club de la Cerveza. And it was they had 40, 50 beers and a good majority of those were Mexican craft beers, which is what really opened my eyes to it. But I was there so much. It was next door to where I was staying. So there was a reason I was there so much, (laughs) but the owner, uh, the owners and the, the bartenders there knew me well enough by the end of the month that I was there that I would walk in and they would immediately get for me whatever new beers came in from the small breweries <laughs> that I hadn't had already because I had tried everything on their menu and they would bring me the new stuff. And it was really, like I said, it just opened my eyes to the Mexican brewing scene and how many great beers that they have there. And I, I especially love some of the stuff that they're doing with the peppers down there because everything um, and not everything, but a lot of things in Mexican cuisine involve the peppers. And now they're bringing that into the beers and the, you get that little bit of spiciness kind of hitting you in the back of the throat when you swallow it. And it's just uh, it's such a, a different sensory experience than what you see most here in the U.S. Because, I mean, you would get, I remember five, six and maybe eight or 10 years ago, like you would go into a brewery and they'd have a, a habanero ale or a, a something like that. And it would be, you would take a little tiny bit of it and it would be so ridiculously spicy that you couldn't drink it. And now I think we fine tuned that and we've got into what they're doing in Mexico is bringing those beers in where you get that hint of the spice and it really adds a flavor to it rather than just the hotness. So I'm kind of on two fences there, you know, like, I really like the ridiculously overly spicy. So we make a beer called Hot Chocolate Stout here just at the pub, which is ghost peppers and like a 6% stout, which is really nice and velvety, chocolatey. But the ghost peppers, ghost, ghost peppers <laughs> are insane in it. Uh, a lot of folks uh, <laughs> kind of shy away from that one. Um, I usually say beers like that. Like I enjoy beers like that and I love them but I love them in a, like a four or five ounce sampler size. Yeah. yeah. I could drink that. Got to have the Tums with that. If you have more than two, I think. Yeah. yeah. But the, this, this, uh, matching going is more restricted. You know, uh, uh, some of our other brewers have had, uh, quite a, quite an influence on, uh, bringing those down, Emily. Um, <laughs> so, so making them more drinkable and, uh, kind of keeping me in control on those things. We got a great one coming out. Uh, soon a ma- mango habaneros uh nipa for the empire state of mind series uh which will be coming out here soon but yeah the the mexican mexican scene is is insane and it's really got a lot to do with the whole way their their food chain works you know like uh to find the kind of places we found um that had the raw ingredients in the states would be a, a rough do you think thing but the open markets there are just everywhere and you can find, you know, giant bags of hibiscus and agave and, uh, you know, 
blue, just whatever you want. You know, it, it's all just there and it's in open markets and people are anxious and happy to, to introduce you to these new flavors of just all the different things that are going on there. It's so colorful and vibrant and, and, and crazy. It's, it's, it's great. And no, that's awesome because I know, uh, I didn't realize it until I got to go outside of the U S uh, my amazing better half. We've done uh, done a lot more international travel because of her. And to go into an open air market in another country, it's like I'm not knocking the U.S. Love it, you know, grateful for everything that we have here. But it's like when you go into an international open air market, and like you said, when you said bags just open, like literally, you walk down, it's like there is a burlap or whatever sack bag just open up an ingredient. I'm like, oh my god, is that that? And it's like it's just mountains of it, and it's like. They'll let you try it. They talk about it. I'm like, you you don't get much of that experience when you think markets around here. Uh, just an easy example. You think a Quincy market in Boston. You walk down. Phenomenal for seafood, but it's kiosky and tchotchke and everything else. You go to one and, you know, uh, I've been to that bar in Mexico outside of, you know, in Playa del Carmen. Very cool. But, like, uh, my first big experience with uh, when my wife and I went to Spain. And you're walking them on a couple in Madrid and then one in Barcelona and then another one that just blew my mind in Florence, Italy. It's like you walk in, you get this market. It's like time stops. It's like you really understand flavor because what I thought was a flavor and you go to a market like this and then you have these people that 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 is their life in the bag. It's it's impressive. And the fact that you're taking that and putting it into the beer is tremendous because you're literally blending a couple worlds here and a lot of rich culture and putting into a, a liquid form for everybody to enjoy that delicious libation. So that's awesome. That's one of our favorite things to do when we travel is go to the local markets and go and see what it is that they have. And in a lot of places they have a lot more variety of fruit than we have. And in a lot of places they have a lot more variety of spices, but we don't necessarily buy all the different types of things that they have. But to see what's available and to see that moving into the beer world and being able to pull those things in and the freshest ingredients and the most delicious flavors. And the, a lot of times they're a stronger flavor is, is really cool. What yeah you guys are doing with that and what breweries around the world are doing with that. So after that amazing discussion about open air markets and the ingredients that you can see and play with and you've been able to transition that into the brewing world and into the beers you're making that's a lot of traveling yeah you, you know with what you're doing with uh, the mexican brewing companies down in mexico city is phenomenal so with that being said and we also mentioned you know the the mexican beer festival you went to which by the way i, w I went in on the next time you're going down seriously I'll, I'll pay my own way but i'm going with you and pete and whoever next time i also want to go to that yeah October so 2021 okay so uh mexico city Jeff, i think we just bought some tickets to that surveys in mexico i mean i can get to mexico there's lights <laughs> yeah exactly i can and and your illustrious uh co-host which i'm gratefully filling in i know if he hears this you you guys mentioned he's the one who just says oh by the way the tickets are already bought we're going yeah he's be so the reason he's not here this week and i don't think you know that is he and his wife are out in napa this week because they're a member of several wine clubs and they had to do or they were forced to do their spring pickup so that's it, oh. as soon as it opened up that they could travel there they were like yep 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 and they Excuse jumped on me, a i have to travel to napa for my wine jeff, i'm sorry wine we tasting this weekend I jeff like, i'm so sorry we have to be in napa 
Oh. Yeah, that was he was like I oh I can't record that weekend. I'll be in Napa drinking wine. <laughs> he was like, Oh, rough life you live. That oh, that sucks. Very rough there. So with Jeffrey. that being said, because it's something that I can see all of us having uh, beers potentially once we come crawling out of the rock of COVID. Beer festivals. What are some uh, what uh, place uh, your beer festivals do you like to that you like to get to or that you wanna get to? Which is interesting because everything was put on hold, so it's going to be a whole new world of uh, a beer festival. Whole new world. So, where does Dan Minner want to be? Where do you want to get back to? Man, uh, there's so many. You know, you, we all took, I think, so many things for granted and said, "Oh, maybe one day I'll get here and I'll get there." So, I think in the last year, I think people have really, like, kind of just been going over and over that in our heads as we've been doing the nothing we've been busy actually uh we never shut down for a minute uh but either way like you you definitely have that urge to travel more than maybe ever before right now uh because we we took it for granted before you got on a plane you went somewhere you did something right it was no big deal so i've been invited to oktoberfest in germany before i've got lots of good friends there that helped us install this brew beautiful brew houses that we have i'm so, not going to tell you when you should go to that but i have a group of uh, about 100 people on facebook that are looking to go this year and i go every two years and if you wanted to go this fall it might be a good time to go with us yeah i mean everybody wants to go everywhere right now so i, I yes and <laughs> i'll be the sherpa else you would tell me <laughs> i would say yes yes and yes and more yes um some of the cooler ones, you know, that that one is for sure a, a bucket list thing. Anything I could ever do in Belgium would be amazing. You know, uh, Dan Syracuse and Mr. Schatzel, they've been going to uh, Belgium for years and taking yep. groups out there. I was always like, yeah, someday I'm going to. And now you're just like, oh, I can't believe I didn't. Um, so there's that. You know, there's there's the uh, Anderson Valley Brewfest. Uh, I think they call that Boone Boone Brewfest or something like that in California. The Firestone Invitational. Man, uh, Belgium's comes Cooperstown. That that hasn't existed in years already. Uh, man, I would kill to go back to that. That was one of the best times I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and we were just talking about that. Uh, Eric was bringing that up on a, a clubhouse chat the other day, and I thought i need to go to that when if it happens again it is so, it, it's, it was so words great. don't do it justice it's 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 unique it's interesting and what stays at belgium comes to Bougie Fest. i mean it's it honestly pretty uh pretty redneck i mean there's tents everywhere you've got this beautiful old school belgian inspired brew house in the middle of hundreds of acres in the middle of cooperstown new york and you know, they always had a cool theme. The last year I went was uh, the more the merrier. So it was all things Bill Murray. So Ghostbusters, yep. Caddyshack. That was a fun. What one. about Bob? You know, like that sounds it, fantastic. Yeah, it, it was a good year. Amazing. They had the the uh, Ecto Cruiser, right? Like the the yeah, uh, from Ghostbusters. Mirror, mirror. Uh, it, you know, everything you could possibly want there, and it was just a great time and and great friends and and people from around the state. I I look forward to. Anytime that we're able to be back with our fellow brewers again and with our our clientele again, and, and whether it be mine or somebody else's, I don't care. You know, I just I just want to be around people who enjoy beer. Which you know, for folks that know me, like I might claim sometimes like that I'm I'm not the most peopley person in the world. 
Uh, oh, man, do I miss people right now. I just want to be back in the world of people who love beer, are passionate about it, and and be in that atmosphere because it is one of the coolest things, whether it be a, a public brew festival like the, the brew, brew Belgium Comes to Cooperstown or, uh, you know, Brau in Germany is an amazing, like, industry event the the brewers association events that move around the country i've been fortunate enough to go to those in uh boston dc philly you know uh, san francisco colorado you know like they're just amazing events and and anywhere where you can go where there is a group of just folks who are excited about beer i would love to be there right now Shameless plug for Dan, because I know you're very modest, is here in Ellicottville, they host the Ellicottville Beer and Wine event, which is one of the bigger beer festivals in in the state. And uh, cool it's in the for me for sure. it's uh, it's right here at Holiday Valley Ski Resort in the fall. Uh, in the main chalet, thousands and thousands of people show up. They, they actually, you cap it at about 2,300, I think, yes, just so you don't let it go too big. And they're literally, I don't know. 85 to 100 brewing companies have some wineries and some distilleries and it is just an amazing time to get to meet and because of who you are you have brooklyn i mean while garrett hasn't actually showed up here yet you get some pretty popular and some some people here so you never know who you're going to run into at that event and i just want to say you guys do a good festival in there and and uh ryan chavan who is now with hamburg brewing company helps me has been helping me out with that for years and that is uh and we have folks from Pennsylvania you know that's the great thing about where we're at we're kind of in this tri-state area where uh, there's there's lots of different breweries breweries from all over the place that come together and and get together for a, a little weekend in the in the hills of western New York and that that is a great time I, I it's a lot of stress for me because you know <laughs> I kind of feel like everybody's coming into my house you know and I get a little uh, anxious about that and but we always do a great job with uh, keeping things looking good and, and uh, bringing some great beers to it. And those folks do, too. You know, Voodoo, Erie, used to be Blue Canoe, you know, all, all kinds of great breweries we, we bring in for that festival. And I definitely miss that hugely. It's the first year in my time here that we haven't had that festival, which was absolutely crazy to me. Um, and like I said, I, I, I just can't wait to be back with groups of of folks who are enthusiastic about beer and it's something my wife makes fun of me that i've said to her multiple times is i can't wait to sit down at a brewery or a bar and talk to a stranger about beer or about (laughs) the drinks or about where we are or and she is not as much of a ridiculous extrovert as i am but i just i love that about travel and as a, a heavy heavy traveler i absolutely get what you're saying and i love those answers like go everywhere drink the beer everywhere you want to go to so many festivals it's just i have those same feelings of i cannot wait until we can get out there and start doing these things again yeah so i it's it's we're we're all gonna wait a little bit longer hopefully only a little bit longer and get some vaccines in us and get um out there and start drinking beer with friends and strangers and at breweries and tasting the different things they're making all over the world. And if you have the opportunity, I would absolutely recommend coming here to Ellicottville and trying the beers that they're making here. Cause what I've had so far, and 
we I, we probably chatted for an hour before we started recording and we've recorded for a little over an hour now and i i may have had a few beers but everything has just been on point so far and delicious so as we close up here dan can you tell us where where people can find the the beers that you're making so we're we're kind of in uh you know the the area around us so we're in pennsylvania we're with pen beverage we're premium and Ohio. We're with uh, Shangies in Pennsylvania. Uh, in New York, we're with Try It, Lake, Seneca, Onondaga, Gasco Meyer. We're moving a little bit into Manhattan. In New Jersey, we're, we're working down in, into that area. Uh, we're trying to go into Maryland. We, we do a lot of stuff with subclubs. Those, those things are available around the country. You can find us. We've got multiple locations. We've got a location in Bemis Point, New York, which is on Chautauqua Lake. We've got EBC West, which is in Fredonia at, at SUNY Fredonia. We've got two places here in Ellicottville, which is the Ellicottville Taqueria, uh, which is an amazing new spot, which has all new uh, New York State wines, beers, and spirits in it. And there's actually, you know, mostly other people's products in that that uh, facility. And then here at the Ellicottville Brewing Company and 28 Monroe Street in downtown Ellicottville, it's our original location with both the 30 barrel brew house and the, the 10 barrel brew house. All the kinds of beers to take out, including our new Empire brand. And then eventually you'll be able to find us in Little Valley, New York, where we put in a 75,000 square foot warehouse with a new restaurant. Uh, right on the snowmobile trails like i said you know uh, this area is an amazing place for folks who love to be outside and all kinds of op- outdoor opportunities here so uh, especially in this time right now you know folks are looking for things to do this is a place to be uh, you know be safe about it be be careful about what you're doing out there take care of each other but you know th- this is a great place to do it and be able to do it in a in a very safe way outside right other places you can find us, uh, the Insta Twits, the Face Grams, uh, com has all of our different locations on it. A little drop down menu on the right hand side. You can actually find what beers are on tap at the Taqueria. You can see all of our menus, order online to go, all the things, all the time, all the nets, and Twits. And uh, I just want to close up by saying thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know I said it was going to be max two hours, and I've been here for over three at this point. But thank you for taking the time to talk to us. A huge thank you to Eric Coleman from Beer by Coleman for driving down from Buffalo and hitting traffic, which, you know, we're not quite quite sure that there was actually traffic or if he was just running behind. But coming well, it's been down a ball, here, but there was a little congestion up in my neck of the woods. I'm like, W2F, it's COVID. Why is there why is there traffic? Yeah, so thank you very much, Eric, <laughs> for coming down to uh, record with me. We hope you enjoyed this. I like to think that we'll be doing a, a decently regular visit here because the the brews are amazing the people are amazing if you have the opportunity if you like to ski if you like to mountain bike in the summer if you like anything outdoorsy 
come here, drink their beer, enjoy this town. It's a fantastic place. I've only been here about 36 hours at this point, and I, I cannot speak highly enough about this area. It's a great place to come and relax and have some amazing beers. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, Dan. Uh, it's been a great episode thank recording you, with you guys. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, we hope you had as much fun listening to Dan as we did talking to him. He clearly has a passion for brewing and for everything that they're creating at the Ellicottville Brewing Company. Once you've tasted a few of their beers, you'll be able to easily tell that Dan and his team really know what they're doing when it comes to designing and brewing beer. It was also great to have Eric as co-host for these last episodes, too, because he and Dan have known each other for so many years. Hopefully we'll be able to keep in touch with both of them for years to come. If you want to taste some EBC beers in person, you'll need to make your way to Ellicottville, New York. It's an adorable little town in western New York, and if you like the outdoors, skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking, hiking, and of course beer, you should definitely add Ellicottville to your list of places to visit. All of the important points and links for things we talked about during our conversation will be in the show notes, so you can pick up anything that you missed the first time through. The easiest place to find those notes is at milesandpints.com. Thanks so much for listening to Miles and Pints, the travel and beer podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you can hear all of our new episodes as soon as they're released. Tell your friends and family about us so they can enjoy the show too. And please take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. In between episodes, you can get more travel and beer content by following at Miles and Pints on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You can also stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash milesandpints. And that's all we have for this episode. Until next time, we hope you'll find yourselves a little bit of travel, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of fun. If you love to travel